Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. I want to welcome all the people that are watching online. I want you to know that we're praying for you. We're believing God with you that he'll minister through this teaching and other teachings that are online and that you'll be blessed and receive something from God. This is the first time I've been on the in front of you all in, uh, in quite a while, so I want to start by thanking uh, Faith Family Church family. That's FFCF. Uh, for some of you that don't know, last year, um, summer, about this time, was uh, quite an experience for me. I spent four hours in the emergency room, followed by four days in the hospital, three to four weeks off and on, going back, sometimes uh, staying a day or two in the hospital again, uh, an emergency surgery once they figured out exactly what they needed to do, and then two follow-up surgeries. And uh, I want to thank all of you that prayed for me. I know a lot of you during that time came up to me and said, Hey, we're praying for you, and I greatly, a heartfelt thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. You know, a church family is more than just getting together and coming uh, here and, and being friendly and shaking each other's hands and asking them how the week went, but it's holding each other up in prayer, holding each other up in faith and believing the best. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Um, also, we, we had a little bit of confusion. There was a blood drive for... Uh, for me to receive blood, and there was some confusion between the surgeon and the blood bank and myself. So some of you donated blood, some of you signed up to donate and weren't allowed to, and others offered uh, to donate blood. I look at it as you inconvenienced yourself on my behalf, and I don't forget that. Thank you, thank you for that. I even had, uh, you know, some people ask what could they do uh, during that time period that I really wasn't very active and in and out of the hospital, and um, we really didn't eat any food in the refrigerator, but uh, we had somebody come and mow our lawn multiple times, and so thank you for that. Greatly appreciated it. So I just wanted to take that opportunity and thank you for being a a wonderful church family. Uh, Today we're going to look at, and I call this renewing the mind to judge correctly. Because of everything I kind of went through, Come New Year's, how many of you come New Year's, you do some reflecting, you maybe look back at the year and kind of look and see what's gone on, and, and you know, we're famous for making New Year's resolutions, right? I'm still working on some from some of the ones that I made in the 80s, so, <laughs> you know, so anyhow, I was reflecting and looking back, and, and uh, in fact, I had a little notebook with me, and I was writing down some things, and uh, it was up at the Northern Believers Convention that was in January, and someone said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing my life memoirs. I'm going to publish a book. Uh, kind of hot went over, too. <laughs> no, he's looking to buy that one, you know. But I got to thinking about, in my life, all the times that God has spectacularly uh, done something um, including dreams. I'll call them open visions, but maybe daydreaming would be more more correct. Uh, times when I've heard God speak to me, 
so loudly that if you had been standing next to me, I think you would have heard it too. And so I started looking at all those things and, and writing them down and kind of making notes. And I went all the way back to when I was 11 years old. And my mom worked, single parent, so she was working at the hospital. And so I was in service sitting with some friends and their parents. And I guess I'd recognize now that we, it would be called an evangelist. He was a, a special guest speaker. And he was speaking, and he was inviting people to come up, and I felt that I should go. And as I started to walk up the aisle, I felt my, my friend's hands on my, on my back. I'm, he's just pushing me, and he's pushing me harder and harder. And by the time we got up to the front, we're almost in a run. And I get in line, there's two or three other people, in line and I turned around and I, and I was going to give my, my friend the evil eye, what was all that about, you know, the pushing, and I looked and he wasn't next to me, in fact, he hadn't left his seat, you know, and I believe that the Holy Spirit motivated me, um, and you know what, you say, well, what was that, and I, well, I, I guess we'd call it a dedication, I gave my, my heart to the Lord uh, at 11-ish, right in there, and I think it allowed God to protect me because I was about ready to go out and do a lot of unscriptural things. When I turned 15, 14, 15, I, I left the, that. And I never was uh, where I didn't believe in God. I just didn't want to think about it. I was trying to do other things to, to avoid that. So how do we look at those things? How do we judge things that we would call spectacular. Um, I had a had made a purchase in online back in, in December of last year, and in in January I got a review, I guess you'd call it. They they said we need you to judge this product, and so you know how do you judge a product? Well, did it did it show up? You know, was it what you were expecting? Did it work like you thought it would? And so kind of by the natural judged it. How do we judge the supernatural, and how do we judge the things of God? God wants to use dreams. I guess first thing is we need to find out, you know, we got a lot of questions. Is our dreams of God? Who, who should have dreams? Uh, can unsaved people have dreams, spiritual dreams from God? Um, what are dreams for? Are they, they have a purpose. And we want to start by looking at Acts 2.17. Acts 2.17 says, And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men, we're going to change that to mature people, and your, <laughs> your old men shall, shall dream dreams. And this is Peter quoting this on the day of Pentecost, which is, over 2,000 years ago, and he's quoting out of Joel. And so he's taking what was prophesied by the prophet Joel, and he, he is presenting it to these people. So we see that God wants to use dreams and visions. He, he mentions it twice in the, in the Bible. Actually, the scripture's in there twice, re-quoted in Acts. Dreams themselves are mentioned in the Bible 
with reference to dream, dream, dreamers, visions, uh, over 120 times in the, in the Bible, with 21 dreams being pointed out. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said in the last days, the spirit and the word would agree more than ever. This will be a better understanding and practical use before the coming of the Lord Jesus. So it's not that, that the Spirit and the, the Word have ever disagreed, but as we practice it and as we put it into use, it will become uh, more prevalent, become more used. Let's go over to John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you unto all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So it's the Holy Spirit's place to not only to teach us, but also to guide us. That's what he's been assigned to do. The Holy Spirit will not tell you something that's contrary to the Word. I was listening to Dad Hagen preach, and he talked about two ditches. And on the one side is the lack of belief for whatever the, the issue is. And on the other side is having faith or belief in to the point of error and excess. And I remember when I went to Rama, which was in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, the prosperity message was at that point was really kind of being twisted, and a lot of people were believing for Rolls Royces and Cadillacs, and and uh, there weren't enough Rolls Royce mechanics in uh, Tulsa. If everybody that was believing for one would have gotten one, they would have been stranded on the side of the road, because not everybody can just work on one of those guys. But they were they had the right heart. They were believing for God's best, but it may not have been the best for them under the, those circumstances. So the first thing we need to, to look at is on this subject of dreams and visions is uh, believing that God wants to guide us, that he's able to guide us. So on this side, I call it this, this ditch the, the golf course ditch. This one's pretty easy going. If you um, happen to, to go into it, it's pretty, pretty smooth and pretty easy. On the other side, is an oil pan ditch. Uh, on this side, it's understanding that God wants us to have dreams. He wants to, to guide us. And I was thinking about, well, why would God use dreams um, to guide us? And we have a front deck. And sometimes in the evening, we'll go sit out on the front deck. There's not too many cars that drive uh, down the street. And we'll be sitting there and just spending time getting, maybe getting quiet, reflecting, um, I don't have a rocker. I'm not on the porch old man rocking. <laughs> but um, 
you know, even there, you look out at the lawn, you go, oh man, maybe I need to cut it or I need to edge it. And there's a car in the driveway, you wonder, well, how much gas is in the tank? What, what needs to be done with it? When's the last time I drove? You just have natural distractions. So it could be that our lives have gotten so busy that God, one of the ways that God is able to guide us is when we're shut down, when we're not, uh, when our minds aren't fully activated or stimulated um, and, and going like crazy. And then the other side, I called it an oil pan ditch. I hope you understand what that is. That's if you drive your car on this side, you're going to take out the oil pan because there's sharp rocks and, and all kinds of things that will really harm it. And if you run a car out of oil, um, it's, it's, not, it's burnt up, it's gone, it's out of commission. And that's what a lot of Christians have done to themselves by doing that. And that ditch is trying to conjure up a meaning or a definition for every dream that, that there possibly could be. And that, you know, the, the Bible doesn't, um, doesn't say that. Um, I was kind of re- trying to relate this to um, a word of uh, tongues and the interpretation. They're both given by the Lord as he, as he determines and, and as he wills. So us going and saying, God, I have to have right now a tongue and an interpretation. We can desire it. The Bible says we can desire it. But driving ourselves to the point where we you know, won't get out of bed because we don't know what to do until we have a tongue and interpretation will lead to excess. Uh, there's 21 dreams, like I mentioned. So let's look at some of them. Can a, first of all, can an unsaved person have a spiritual dream from God? And uh, if you haven't noticed on YouTube, there's quite a bit of people that are Muslim or in that faith, Arab uh, religions that are going, coming in, and they've got a you know, seven-minute video posted. Uh, I had a dream, and, and Jesus visited me. Is that scriptural? Can that, you know, that be? Well, as we look at the, the dreams... Um, in Genesis 40, 5 and 8, I'll remind you, most of you know this story, Pharaoh had a butler and a baker that both had dreams. We have no reason to believe that these were Jew- Jewish people. Um, they, they, he was, uh, Joseph was in a foreign land and in prison, and he met these men that had worked for the, um, for the, the Pharaoh and now were imprisoned and uh, it turned out good for one and not so good for the other, but both dreams came to, to fruition, and Joseph interpreted those dreams for him, and they turned out the way that Joseph interpreted, interpreted them. What about Pharaoh himself before the famine came to, to uh, Egypt? Seven cows eating up seven, or seven fat cows eating up, the seven skinny cows eating up seven fat cows. Anyhow, the cows were cannibals. That's the... That's the main point. Uh, listen, you know, sometimes our dreams are, are weird. You know, we don't wake up and we go, oh, I know the meaning of that one. You know, yeah. Um, sometimes they're, they're weird and, and um, we, we need an interpretation from the Lord to understand them. Nebuchadnezzar's statue where he saw the kingdoms that were coming and the future down the road, um, he was not a, a saved person. Pilate's wife, when Jesus was on trial, she had a dream, the Bible said. Um, and in a dream of warning to go to her husband and tell him that this is an innocent man. And Pilate 
acknowledged it and said, yeah, he's innocent, but I'm going to do what I have to do. And then uh, Peter, when he was on the rooftop, he had a vision and or a dream where he saw the, all these unclean animals coming down and God telling him that they're not unclean anymore. It's okay to go to the Gentiles and, and preach the gospel. That was the interpretation of that dream. But um, So we see that both saved and unsaved, or Saved and unsaved people can have dreams. When I was, the uh, first time I went to Ethiopia in, I think it was 2014, I met the former, one of the former prime ministers of Ethiopia. I imagine he's about like the fourth uh, former now. But he was, uh, he was an atheist, and he was a communist, and he was um, in charge, and then they had a coup, and I guess the definition of a coup is that the people that you put in power turn on you and imprison you and take your power away, and that's what happened. And he spent over 10 years in prison. And when he was telling his testimony, he said that that Jesus came and visited him three times while he was in jail. And the first two times he rejected it and and said, I I don't care, I'm not, just because you're an angel, I'm not going to accept it. The third time he did, and he's born again Christian now. Uh, And praise God. And that's what a lot of the the dreams that these people that are on YouTube are saying that, that Jesus came to them and, and preached the gospel, basically, and gave them an opportunity to change their lives. And somebody might say, well, why, why, did, uh, why do they get such a dramatic, why did Jesus personally visit, visit them? Well, in some of these countries, when you make that Christian decision, uh, it's, it's everything. It, it could even be uh, a penalty of death. So it's more than what we have it easy here, you know. Somebody might criticize you because you believe in an ancient book. But, you know, on other places it could cost you your job. You could be kicked out, uh, taken out, your family taken away from you, or you have to leave your family. So it's a, it's a big thing. So what do dreams come for? Well, I think one of the first things we can see is, is guidance. Uh, the famine coming and them being able to prepare. And, and I was watching a, a show on archaeology, and they found these, I call them silos, where they think that the grain was stored. And they said the unique thing about them is that they were engineered so that when you took the grain, instead of taking the grain from the top, it took the grain from the bottom, so the oldest grain got used up first. So they were, they were going on about that, and they were saying it dated back to that time of the pharaohs. So he will show you things to come. Uh, I had a dream, you know, as part of the staff and, and one of the members of the board where I'm always asking God to, you know, to lead our pastor, to show him what the next steps are, what, what to do, what can we do to help him, to support him, where we're going. And uh, I had a dream and I, and I involved one a, a member here in church and I told him that and that he that this person was in the dream and he said well it must have been a nightmare and <laughs> no it wasn't it was um, so in this dream this other person is driving a pit, the pickup truck and I'm in the passenger side and we're having a conversation and all of a sudden God speaks to me in my dream and, and says I'm gonna pour out my spirit on religious people one more time 
and not just in billings. I'm talking about it's going to be part of the move, the end times. He's going to reach out to those people because religious, religion has turned a lot of people away from God. A lot of good-hearted people reached out, went into a, a church thinking that they were going to and going to be with God or meet God and got you know, slapped in the face with religion and got uh, hurt and left. And you know, God's going to reach out to them one more time. And I, being the man of faith, I spoke up and, and said, no, God, you can't do that. That's bad religion. And uh, the Spirit of God said back to me, said, it, but it worked for you. Because I was also re- brought up in one of those religious um, denominations. And so God it gave me that as guidance. I shared that with our, our pastor. Um, as long as we continue to follow God and present the gospel and love people, he's going to continue to bring people in. Have you ever gone to a, a restaurant you really like? What do you do? You tell other people, hey, we went up here and we had a really good meal and it was great. And they go up there and they have a really good meal and they, and they enjoyed it. Um, and I think that's what God is doing with Faith Family Church is he's bringing people in. And he, as we um, share the gospel with them and disciple them and, and help them, he's going to continue to bring people in. So we're going to continue. And that was the guidance in that, I believe, in that dream is that we're going to continue to grow and we need to prepare for it. Uh, a dream could come. God could show you that he loves you. Uh, just, you know, letting you know that you're precious and valuable to him. So what about these, uh, what about these false dreams? Jeremiah 29, 8 and 9 says that for dreamers will prophesy dreams that they invent. So in order to gain popularity, in order to gain uh, a place of precedence, they're going to Say I had a dream, or 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 dream dreams. Uh, Deuteronomy thirteen one through five also is another place that talks about false dreams. So not all dreams are from the Lord. And then there's a third category of dreams, which I call the pizza dream. Pizza dream could be from eating too much. You have indigestion, you just can't sleep. Um, no, but these are these are dreams that are generally caused by your mind overthinking, uh, you're you know, worrying about things that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be worrying at all, period, uh, but you're, you're, you're allowing your emotions to uh, give you a dream. And I had a, another, I'm going to share dreams with you, so uh, I had another dream, this one, I woke up in the morning, and I could just remember little parts of the dream, and I asked God, I said, God, are you trying to tell me something? And I went on about my day and went to work. And, you know, about oh, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I, I thought, oh, I haven't heard anything or, you know, God hasn't said anything to me about it. And you know what I did? That's it. Threw it out the window and went on. It was a dream of pizza dream. I guess, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a bad dream, a good dream. It just wasn't really a dream. Um, another dream of guidance could be I was dealing with, can I lay hands on people and pray for them and see them healed when I physically have ailments in my body? And I believe in God for my own healing. During that time, can I still go out and pray for people? Um, 
And I talked to Larry uh, Phelan about it. Uh, I've known Larry since eight, 1989 when I met him at Rama. And he said, he said, absolutely, God hasn't had a perfect person yet, you know, other than Jesus. I mean, any of us have, have something going on. But I had a dream in, uh, in that regard, and I woke up. I was, when I was dreaming, I was in um, Salt Lake City Airport. You know how I know it was Salt Lake City Airport? Because I've been there, and I could recognize things. That, and and I, as I was going from getting off one plane, I was going to another terminal to catch a connecting flight. But there was a, a gal in a wheelchair that was just all bundled up, like a, almost like a mummy. And I felt led to go over to her. And as I, in my dream, as I went over to her, uh, her mom approached me and, and said, what do you want? And and I said, well, I just felt like I'm supposed to pray for, you know, for your daughter. And, and she, she looked at her daughter, and I guess her daughter communicated to her because she couldn't speak, um, that it was okay. So I just prayed a simple prayer, God heal her, um, you know, and gave the mom one of my business cards, which is weird because I don't have any. <laughs> but in my dream, I gave her the business card and said, if you have any questions, call me. And I went on to catch my connecting flight. And three days later, I got a phone call in my dream uh, that the mom called and, and said, said, I just want you to know that my daughter was badly burnt. And as she was growing, her skin wasn't allowing her body to, to grow because the skin was scarred. And so they're having to do all these you know, different procedures. And that her daughter had, had said, to that the night before that if there's a God, I want him to, to reach out to me. And then the following day, I in, in the dream, I prayed for this, this gal. And she said, I just want you to know we went to the doctor and, and they, don't, they don't understand what happened. She's got baby skin. The, the, just in, you know, in this dream, she's completely healed. And I just feel like God was telling me, yeah, you can pray for people even when you're physically not 100% or you're dealing with things. Um, then you should also know who to share your dreams with. Uh, we see that in Genesis 37, Joseph shared his dream of the sheaves bowing down, and uh, another dream followed. He, he not only did it once, he did it twice. Follow-up dream was the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowing down, and that got him some well time. You know, he got thrown in a well for that, and, sold into slavery, and, yeah, there's some people that, you know, they're, they're not going to appreciate your dream. They're not going to uh, respect it for what it is. And, you know, they might even uh, cast some doubt in, in your mind about it. So you just, you just need to, to be sensitive of who it's going to encourage and who it's going to help, and, and, and it may be for you. One thing about dreams is they're very personal. Um, it's a one-on-one between the Holy Spirit and you. And, you know, I'm sharing some of my dreams with you just to give you examples. We're looking at the Bible to get examples. But the Holy Spirit really wants to, to share with you and get you to ask him for the interpretation. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Just like when uh, this church, this church, sorry, started um, exercising the gifts of the Spirit and, and the, the tongues and the interpretation as we worked on it and as we practiced it, 
worked better and people understood what was going on and what to expect and how it was going to happen. The same thing with, with, with dreams and, and visions. Um, you know, ask God for dreams, for guidance. It's another way to guide you. If it's not a dream of, of God, uh, let the pizza dream walk away from it. If you get an interpretation, take it to the Word. The Word is our rule and our standard. If it doesn't line up with the Word, throw it out. Don't contemplate what it could mean, what it should mean. If it doesn't line up, throw it out. Uh, I was reading a book on a certain genre that is kind of one of my favorite genres, and about chapter three, I think, somewhere in there, I'm reading it, and all of a sudden, it's like, this isn't going where other books that are in this genre have gone. And sure enough, it went went way south. And so I closed the book, and I threw it on the, on the, on the um, table there next to where I read, and I left it set for about three days. And I picked it up, and I backed up three or four pages from where I had been reading. I took another run at it. I wanted to make sure that they were saying what I thought they were saying. And sure enough, they were. And I, and I went, this is, this is not scriptural. This is going to go as a donation to, to the landfill. And I'm not going to, I, there may have been other good things in the book, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to take the time to, to go through it, to look it out, to check it out. Um, you know, when you read a newspaper and you get done with it, what do you do? You either save it for packing or you throw it away. You know, if you come across a book that is no good, just toss it out. Uh, same thing with, with dreams. Uh, if it's not of the Holy Spirit, toss it. Unfortunately, there's been some people that uh, have violated this rule, and this is part of the going in the oil pan ditch, is that they said, I don't care what the, what the Bible says. I'm going to do what I heard God. Well, the problem is they're not hearing from God. They're hearing from another another spirit. Uh, this is error, error, error. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go there. Um, there's a reason that the Bible is, is our standard. There's a reason that we have it. Um, it can be trusted, and it, it's true. Dreams are another way that God can guide us. It's for us. It's for this time. You know, um, Rick Renner talks about uh, the end times, and he says it's, it's like, you know, first of all, the, the, the Apostle Peter said that end times started 2,000 years ago. Well, if the end times started then, uh, we're way into the end times. It's like the last boat leaving the dock and it's going to eight places. We're in between. We're, we got on that very last boat, and we're in between. We've left location eight, and our last docking is, is the very end of the line. We're at the end of the end. And I think that God's going to continue to use dreams to influence us. He's going, he, he wants to guide us. He doesn't want his kids making mistakes. You watch your own kids growing up, and you tried to give them guidance. Sometimes they received it. Sometimes they rejected it. But God wants, wants us to be guided in all the different ways that we can. So let's look at um, 2 Timothy 
to hit Timothy on you. All Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Profitable in doctrine, instruction on beliefs. You know, doctrine is, nothing, is, is a group of beliefs that we have put together and called it and put a name on it. But that is what instruction of is reproof conviction rebuke for sin and error sometimes we go to the scriptures and we see that um, by going to the scripture we we understand that maybe what we're thinking or doing is an error or even sin I know we don't like to use that word in this this day and time everything is um, how I feel but the Bible points out error and gives us a guide to go by. And then correction. Correction takes what you're doing and improves and returns to a better state. So God not only shows us what we're, maybe what we're doing wrong, but also can show us um, and correct us. Through. I ha I'll give you another dream that I had. And I don't know, there's a reoccurring theme in my dreams of a pickup truck. I don't know why. But this time I'm driving, and if you've, uh, how many of you have had a really good dog that you really, you know, he's kind of like a special dog? Um, how many have had a Doberman? Uh, Dobermans are different. They're almost, they're not a dog. They're almost like, you know, they're somewhere between a dog and part of your family or another kid. <laughs> you can go on YouTube and watch a lot of the Doberman owners. Well, I had a Doberman for 10 years. And in this dream, I'm driving, and Doberman's on, on the front seat with me, and we drive by a phone booth, and this phone booth uh, is one of the old phone booths, like the, the four glass shells at the bifolding door, and, you know. And I drive by it, and there's somebody in there, and they come out, and they're trying to shoot my dog as we're driving by. So in the natural, we would just drive away, right? Well, in my dream, I went by not only a second time, but a third time, and I don't understand. <laughs> And that was the dream. I woke up, and I said, God, that was pretty weird. What was that all about? He said, because I was contemplating some things in my life, and, and he said, he said, if you're not careful, you're going to lose something that's really precious. And uh, it was not only kind of a correction and a rebuke, uh, but it was done in such a way that I went, you know what? Thank you. You know, it was a... There was a love in it, and, and I was thankful for the correction. I was thankful for, you know, kind of like your, your mentor coming and putting his arm around you and saying, hey, you know, you're doing this, and I know you're trying, but you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, sometimes, like I said, in our dreams, they, you know, they don't make sense if we just look at them. Uh, but if we ask God for the interpretation, he'll give it to us. The Word of God is our straight edge. It should be our edge in everything. Um, I worked at a machine shop, and one of the first things 
the, in orientation the first couple of days is in a machine shop you have lots of different tools for measuring things. You have micrometers, you have different different tools. They took me over to a bench and they, they showed me this, and I'll call it a ruler, it was a metal ruler, maybe about three feet long, and they said this is the, the straight edge. It never leaves this bench. It's never used for anything but checking straight edges. You don't use it as a pry bar, you don't twist it, you don't torque on it, you don't do anything with it except for measuring straight edges. And that's what the Word of God is in our lives. It is designed for us to be able to take situations, to take things and line them up and see if they are actually of God and if they line up. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world. How many people feel um, like they're being pressured to be conformed? Um, not only are we being told what we have to say, how we have to think, what we have to look at. Uh, I heard somebody say, I thought this would be a great thing to put on a t-shirt. They said, uh, they said, I don't have to buy tickets to your circus. You know, I don't have to buy into what you're selling, uh, and, and we shouldn't. But instead of buying into what the world is pushing and what they're trying, trying to conform us into, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the word transformed is, and you know, it's been talked about how it's like a metamorphosis of being, being changed. But we, we should be changed into uh, the image of, of Christ and being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of, of God. I worked at a block plant making uh, concrete blocks, and one of my jobs was to build molds. And we had a builder in Denver, his company that I worked for was in Loveland, Colorado, and we had a builder in Denver that was building a, a fairly large project, and he wanted some specialty block that accommodated a different door jam than normal. And so we were building him a special mold, and I had built that mold and uh, had run it uh, and came in the next morning. And you ever come to work and just the way people say hi to you, you know there's something is up, you know. <laughs> it's like there's a little smirk in their, in their greeting. And uh, I got got back to where the the machine was, and and the shop foreman came up to me and said, "Herb, really appreciated the mold you made last yesterday. It turned out really good, except for when I was welding. If any of you've welded, it, there's a lot of sparking going on. Uh, a ball, a BB uh, type size, had stuck to one of the plates of metal, and I hadn't noticed it. So every block that came out of that mold had a streak in the wrong place, right?" The product came out of the mold. And that's what the devil is wanting to do with us. He's wanting to put us into a mold and press us out into what the world wants. And God says to be transformed, to be, uh, be completely changed from that. Make our thinking line up to God's word, which is the leading of righteousness. We need to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Renew your mind. I wish it was as easy, you know, IT, 
people always tell you, well, the first thing to do is turn it off and turn it back on again. Wouldn't that be nice if we could do that with our mind? It's like completely turn it off, let it sh- and then turn it back on again. We <laughs> and turn it back on with the, the establishment. So I want you to understand that it is a way that God will lead you through visions and dreams. It's your responsibility to judge it. It's your responsibility to see if it lines up with the Word. If you are on the one side not sure, you can you can go through. I mean, Google's very friendly. Just put in dreams in the Bible. You can go through, and there were quite a few. I just picked some that I, I thought were uh, ones you might recognize. And you can go through and you can see where God led people in the Old Testament. Uh, Joseph, Jesus' uh, stepdad, was uh, led by a dream to take Jesus into Egypt because Herod was trying to kill all the babies. Uh, so there are dreams uh, that are available. The other thing is, if you have a dream and you're not sure, just go to God and say, hey, Holy Spirit, were you trying to teach me something here or say something to me? Uh, uh, the interpretation comes from you. My experience has been that when I've done that, I've known either the concept of the dream or had him say something to me. If not, go on with your with your day. Don't try and, um, you know, like I said, don't try and conjure up a meaning. Well, uh, because I saw a pickup truck, it means I'm supposed to buy one or something like that. Uh, you know, I, well, when I was at Rama, I was a first-year student. Um, I was talking with one of the second-year students, and he was telling me about um, he had decided that he wanted to buy a pickup. But he said that everything inside of him just felt wrong about buying that pickup. And he said he had a dream about buying that pickup. And uh, it was in the, the negative that he should not buy it. And I said, well, what did you do? And he said, oh, I bought the pickup. <laughs> So, um, good news is he repented. God helped him get out of that situation. But he said it was actually one of the worst vehicles he's ever had. Um, Don't be afraid to have dreams. Don't be afraid to go to God and ask him if they're from him. If they're not, toss them out. If they are, they're another way that God wants to guide you. We will talk more about these things next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.